What does it mean to pray, give us this day our daily bread? The catechism has really a wonderful summary of what Jesus is teaching there in Scripture. And if you turn in the back of your songbooks to page 89, Lord's Day 50, Eight ninety-five, page eight ninety-five, Lord's Day fifty. We move from the request, "Hallowed be Your name," then Your kingdom come, then Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. To give us this day our daily bread. What does that fourth petition mean? Give us this day our daily bread means provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good and neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Therefore, may we withdraw our trust from all creatures and place it in you alone. And then let's turn in our Bibles to Hebrews 13. We'll read... Verses 1 through 6, Hebrews 13, 1 through 6, page 1197. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware, as we read of that in Abraham and Sarah this morning when the three men came and turned out two were angels. One was God coming in human form. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. And then verses 5 and 6 will be our focus. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? This is God's word. May he bless us by it. Beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, food matters to God. Our food, daily bread, our health, our clothing, our housing. Food matters to God. And I think of God's servant Elijah, so distressed by an apparent lack of success in his ministry in Israel, is in despair because he thinks the ministry of the word has failed. The gospel is powerless. So he's done. He quits. Jezebel puts a price on his head. She wants him dead. He flees. He goes south toward Mount Sinai. He says, God, I want to die. That's his prayer. I want to die. 
He falls asleep under a broom tree. He wakes up, or he's awakened by an angel. He's cooked up a supper for him. He says, eat. And continue your journey in the strength of this food. The kingdom matters to God. God's name matters to God. That we obey God's will matters to God, but that we get food matters to him as well. And if food matters to God, it should matter to us. The issue is how does it matter? Either it becomes a matter of worry or trust. Those are our two options. Or our possessions become a matter of coveting or contentment with what we have. And in this prayer, give us this day our daily bread, which includes food and all our physical necessities. Jesus is saying, don't make daily bread a matter of your worry, but a matter of God's work. Trust him. Not a matter of worry and not a matter of self-reliance, but make it a matter of faith. And that's why he taught us to pray this prayer. The burden of food and drink and paying the bills. Just things that worry us all. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. Also this one. Food, drink, clothing, health. So many issues of the stuff of everyday life. You want to see three things. The call to remember God's precept and to rest in God's promise that he cares about us even in our food and drink. And thirdly, to rely on God's provision, to remember God's precept. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. When Jesus said, don't worry about your food in Matthew 6, don't worry about what you'll eat or your body, what what you wear, he's not saying food doesn't matter. He's not saying clothing doesn't matter. He's not saying I could care less whether you eat or drink. Or if you have clothing or not. He's not saying you shouldn't even think about these things. He's not saying you should quit shopping. Stop working hard to make a living. And buy food and clothing and pay the bills. No, he's not saying that when he says don't worry. Of course Jesus is concerned about food and drink and clothing and housing and the body. And the fourth request proves it. He taught us to pray for it. That's one of the burdens, he says, you got to take to your heavenly father. Give us this day our daily bread. And daily bread is actually something called part for the whole. Say, literary device, part for the whole. It, it's using one small thing to speak about all our physical necessities. It includes your water. And your clothing and your health and your housing needs and your transportation needs, whether it's a donkey or a horse or a bike or a car or a truck, it really doesn't matter. It includes paying the bills, 
It includes all things of the stuff of life, stuff that it takes to live. And that's why our stuff matters to God because it, or to us because it matters to God. And we must not imagine that it does not matter to God. That's why Jesus taught us to make it a matter of prayer. It's really remarkable, and this has bothered a lot of Christians in church history, how God moves from such grand themes of prayer, hallowed be your name. Wow, that's an awesome subject and a huge burden to see myself and others glorify God's name and give him the glory he deserves. Your kingdom come that I and others submit more and more to the authority of King Jesus in every area of life, closing no doors of your house, of your life, to his presence. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that I learn to reject my own will and follow God's will even when it hurts. Such grand themes, and now we get to give us a stay our daily bread? Eh, some of the church fathers said, it must mean give us a stay our supernatural bread. Because that word daily is a bit of an unused word. It's used just once in the New Testament. And so people said it might mean not daily, but supernatural bread. And so... In the early church, that's often what they said it meant. Revive our hearts. Feed us Jesus. Of course we need that. And in that sense, it takes priority over daily bread. Daily bread is the fourth request. But in order to hallow God's name, in order for his kingdom to come, in order for us to obey his will here on earth, we need to live. And to live, we need bread. The word daily is used only once in the New Testament, actually twice, but in both cases, it's the Lord's Prayer. Once in Matthew 6 and once in Luke 11, give us this day our daily bread. Other than that, we only find uses of it in in ancient Greek literature where it's used for grocery list, your shopping list of our daily needs. And even in Luke 11, where Jesus gives the Lord's Prayer, right after that, he follows with that man, right, that has a friend come to his house and he needs bread and he doesn't have any. So he goes late at night to another friend and knocks on his door and said, gives me three loaves of bread. It's speaking about normal bread, physical bread, our physical needs, our grocery list for each day. Remember God's precept not to worry about this stuff, not to covet other people's stuff, but to make it a matter of faith and prayer, being content with what you have when you lay it before the Lord. Yes, our ordinary bread, our grocery list of daily needs, the things that keep us going physically, these things really matter. So write out your grocery list of physical needs and give them to the the heavenly father. The 
Catechism summarizes the meaning of this prayer like this. Give us this day our daily bread means provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good and that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Elijah was depressed. He wanted to die. He was giving up. And he needed a new vision of the kingdom. He needed a new vision of the gospel. But you know what else he needed? He needed breakfast and he needed sleep. We need that also for kingdom work. God knows we do. And so he supplies us. In his kingdom, think of Jairus' daughter. She's dead. Jesus raises her. Her family's embracing her and people are falling over each other in amazement. And what does Jesus say? Give her something to eat. She's been sick. She's emaciated. Give the lady some food. And they feed her. Because in his kingdom, food matters. Physical strength matters. Health matters. House matters. Money matters. Phones matter. Other communications tools matter. Infrastructure matters. Roads matter. All these things matter because that's how we serve the Lord. That's the material stuff. But God's command is not to run after it like the pagans do. There's two ways that we can forget God's precept either by worry or by self-reliance. We can be obsessed with getting, getting, getting more and make accumulation our goal, be scared of running out and forget that our Heavenly Father will take care of us, so worry. But on the other hand, we, we can forget this precept by self-reliance. I'll make my own food and my own money and buy my own clothing and build my own house. I don't need the Lord for that. Either way, we're depending on the power of stuff, whether by worry or self-reliance, we're depending on the power of stuff rather than the power of God. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Cast this burden on the Lord. Trust him with your daily bread. That's God's precept. Don't put your trust in food and drink and wealth or human power. Don't worry, don't covet. Be content trust in the Lord. And that's what we see secondly. Rest in God's promise. Remember God's precept? Rest in God's promise. We go back to Hebrews 13 verse 5. Keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. How does that work? How can that happen? For he has said, and here's the promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do I believe that? When Jesus says, don't be anxious about these things, food and drink and clothing, like the pagans are. Again, he's not saying don't think about it. He's not saying it doesn't matter. He says, don't run after it and become obsessed with it and rely on the stuff like the pagans do, but take it to your heavenly father. And that's what the writer to the Hebrews does. Keep your life free from love of money. Be content with what you have. 
For God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's his promise. He knows your need. He cares about your need. He's with you. And all your needs matter to our Heavenly Father, including your daily bread. That's the glory of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the one who's brought you near to God or God near to you. He's the mediator. And when you trust in him, you're the friend of God. You're in fellowship with him. You're with him. He's with you. And everything about your life matters to him in the way of love. Christ is the center. The Lord Jesus Christ is the center of this promise. God will never leave us nor forsake us. Trust Christ to keep you close to the Father. We can forget that promise. God doesn't care. He doesn't see me. He's not interested. He's busy with so many other things. I've been too bad for him. He loves you through Christ, dear child of God. He loves you through Christ. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Every meal, every snack, every health issues, every headache, every treatment, every broken phone matters to him. So trust his promise, then he'll never leave you nor forsake you. The Hebrews Christians, the Hebrew Christians were taking a major financial hit for their faith. Some we read in chapter 10 were suffering the plundering of their property. Some were suffering disinheritance. Their parents would write them out of the will if they converted to Christ. Some would lose their job because they were kicked out of the guild. You can't be part of the painter's guild. You can't be part of the mason's guild. And so they were left without work and they were impoverished. And they were feeling the squeeze more and more and and some were ready to, to quit the faith. And they were being tempted by fear and worry and becoming obsessed with their financial future. What's gonna happen? And God's answer to them is, keep your life free from running after these things. I know you're in a pinch. Be content with your lot. And above all, know that I'm not gonna leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you. Trust his promises. That's how peace and contentment come. Trust God's promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's the answer to self-reliance, to worry, to coveting, to desiring to get rich. It's not denying earthly needs, brothers and sisters, but making them a matter of faith and prayer. Again, the catechism, provide for all our physical needs so that we may recognize that you are the only source of everything good. That's, we don't believe that in the West. You alone are the source of everything good. Not a chance. But as Christians who belong to the Lord Jesus, we don't think the way like our culture does, do we? 
And in this prayer, this countercultural prayer, the Lord Jesus is saying, don't think like the world does. God alone is the source of everything good. And that neither our care and work nor your gifts can do us any good without your blessing. Now, not many of us live from hand to mouth. But many of our neighbors do in this world, even in Canada. I have a friend. Has very little money. Makes very little money because of some hard providences in his life. He's very frugal. But he literally doesn't know how he's going to fill his gas tank next time. He doesn't know how he's going to pay the repair bill. Sometimes he doesn't know how he's going to buy his groceries next week. And he's not afraid. That's what I love about talking with him. He's not afraid. He gives it to God in prayer every time. Recently he said, Lord, I have 22 kilometers worth of gas left in my tank. And I can't get to work unless you provide for me. You know my needs. I know you love me and care for me. So please help me. Well, comes home from work. And there's a gift card for gas in his mailbox. And when I talk to him, he's got all these stories not about his hardships, but about his amazement at the Lord's provision. He lives from hand to mouth. And he's thankful that God takes such good care of him. And the point is that we all need to live like this. Whether the tank or the bank is empty or full, we all need to live like this. That's what Jesus is saying. It's incredibly hard for us in our affluent culture to really lean on that promise he will never leave you nor forsake you when it comes to daily bread. But he is acutely aware of all your needs, your spiritual needs, your physical needs. He cares for the sparrows. He feeds them. He cares for the lilies. He closed them. So Jesus said, don't you know that you're worth far more to God than lilies and sparrows? Oh, you have little faith. You've heard me quote before the poem from Elizabeth Cheney written in 1859. I'm going to read it again. Overheard in an orchard. Said the robin to the sparrow, I should really like to know why these anxious human beings rush about and worry so. Said the sparrow to the robin, friend, I think that it must be that they have no heavenly father such as cares for you and me. As the hymn writer says, his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. And brothers and sisters, that's the simple challenge in this prayer to live all of life in the shade of God's promises. That's how contentment and peace come into our lives instead of worry and self-reliance. It's the way to slow down and stop running after things as if our lives or happiness depended on it. Because we live by faith in the promise of God, not by the power of work and worry. And these are very, two very different worldviews, to live by the power of God's promise or to live by the power of work and worry. It, it's the 
worldview of security in your possessions, in your labors, or security in God. Having money gives us a sense of independence, but being a Christian means that you've signed a declaration of dependence. I'm not my own. I belong body and soul and life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm not my own. I belong to Jesus. I've signed a declaration of dependence, and that covers my whole life. And we must not live as if we can or must take care of our own lives. We can't really take care of our own lives even one day. Not even one day. That's why the Lord Jesus had the word this day and repeated it in daily. This day and daily. The Lord Jesus is saying, never let yourself think that just because the freezer is full and the garden is good and the crops are good and the barns are full and the bank is full that you're going to be fine for a while. Never get the idea that this prayer give us, the, give us our bread should be annual or seasonal or monthly. Daily. No matter how well things are going in our lives, we're only ever a step away from poverty and God could take it away overnight. You fool, said Jesus to that guy that built barns, bigger barns, and then said, relax. And that's the real issue, relax. You're fine. You fool, this very night, your soul will be taken away. So let's live in daily dependence on his promise. I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And then thirdly, rely on his provision. As Christians, we need to remember that our work and worry can never put a meal on the table. Again, that's so hard to remember. Our work and worry can never put a meal on the table. Do you know that? Do you believe that? God does. Meals come from God. Psalm 145, he opens his hand and feeds every living thing and includes people, birds, lions, cows. It's, it's God opening his hand and saying, here you go. That's where meals come from. So again, Hebrews 13, keep your life free from the love of money. Be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So you have these Hebrew Christians. They think they're persecutors around the world. And therefore they think that their life is in their own hands to try to escape that. And when we have faith, say, the Lord won't forsake me. He's my helper. What can man do to me? I'm safe. I'm secure. And then this prayer, Jesus taught us to believe then that the Lord is our helper. He's the one who supplies our need. I need him to supply the bread 
But I also need my God to supply a huge infrastructure that brings the bread from the seed in the field to my table. And that includes tilling and mechanics and weed control and rain and sunshine and harvest and trucks and roads and factories and more trucks and stores and freezers and cooks and stoves and the gas company and the electricity company and so, so much. I need the Lord for all of that. If the electrical grid or the power grid falls apart, we're all dead in a few weeks, no matter what we got. And then after it's on the table, I need the Lord's help. I gotta be able to chew. Some people, because they're ill, they can't chew. Awful. I got to swallow, I got to digest. And then my body needs to transport energy from the food. And one of the worst things is to have a table full of food and there's something wrong that I can't keep my food down, not for a day, but for a week or for a month or longer. I need God's help every step of the way to provide daily bread for me. I'm truly, truly needy. And that way, this is, in a sense, the most humbling of all the prayers. Lord, I'm so needy, I can't even do food without your help. I'm so utterly dependent. I can't do work without, I can't do money without your help. I can't do health without your help. He gives us means, he gives us jobs, he gives us medicines, but none of that can do any good. By the power of our work and worry, it's got to be by his blessing. That's, that's what makes it effective. It's from him. The pagan doesn't know that. It's true for them too. We do, and we need to live that way. And then Jesus taught me to pray bigger and broader than this when he put the word, us and our, give us this day our daily bread. I need God's help to enable me to provide for others who do not have enough. Lord, give me a heart that cares. Give us this day our daily bread, my family, my community, my country, my world. And first of all, the community of believers around the world and beyond that, others. So, Lord, give me a heart that cares, an eye that sees, and a hand that helps. I need your help to share my daily bread, too, so that I can truly say us and our. Provide organizations like Word and Deed that will help me feed the poor. Make me a vehicle, Lord, to help the needy. By this we know love, says John, that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. How? How lay down our lives? 1 John three seventeen. But if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and truth. Lay down my life for the brothers by supplying bread 
and material needs to help him. Well, the question we hear a lot at Christmas is, what are you getting this Christmas? Nancy Guthrie in her devotional says, why don't we ask a better question? Hey, what are you giving this Christmas? So we pray for the generosity of heart to live within us too and that God will provide not only for us but also for others. People of God, when we were without Christ, we rested in ourselves and ran around like pagans to get stuff. Our Lord Jesus set us free from that. Said, that burden is not satisfied with the power of your work and worry. Give it to God, your heavenly Father. He alone can take care of it and bless what you do. Amen. Father in heaven, thank you for teaching us this prayer through Christ your Son and giving us that worldview of faith rather than worry, trust rather than self-reliance. How hard it is for us to learn this because we do rely so much on our own work and worry. We do think that we put that on the table, that we provided that. Help us to see past what's close up and visible to the real story behind the story of God, our Heavenly Father, loving us through Christ. So help us to live and pray by faith even in these, what we consider small things of daily bread. In Jesus we ask this, amen.